This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. With me as usual in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Uh, big show for you this morning. Golf, uh, of course, with the Open Championship over on the other side of the pond. We will be talking to Rob Roxborough, who is the Executive Director of the National Golf Club of Canada. We'll be talking golf and, uh, of course... Uh, we're talking about about the National Golf Club and uh, the Canadian Open coming up this week. Later on in the show, our golf guru, Sean Clement. Sean Clement, of course, at wisdomingolf.com. We've got a special announcement from Sean this morning. He's going to be offering a special promotion. So please listen in. You have an opportunity to uh, to uh, get into our website and uh, and uh, make your application for Sean's promotion. He'll be explaining it all to you. Of course, we are all saddened by the passing of Van Miller. And I know, Van, you're a huge Buffalo Bills fan, Naz. Very and, huge, very huge, Wallace. And tell us a little bit about uh, Van Miller and how we are going to... Uh, how we're going to celebrate the life of, of Van Miller this morning and who we're going to be talking to. Well, we have the guy that he passed the torch to, the play-by-play guy of the Buffalo Bills. John Murphy will be on the show in the next five to six minutes, and we will talk about uh, Van Miller's career and how it, uh, it affected him. Uh, John Murphy, because I understand they were pretty close. Yeah, John John Murphy, of course, the voice of the Buffalo Bills and the host of the John Murphy Show on uh, weekdays on uh, WGRZ at 5.50 on the dial. Every weekday you can hear him from 7 to 9 p.m. So uh, we're certainly looking to talking about Van Miller, Van Miller the legend in uh, western New York and southern Ontario. And we'll go back, we'll go to break now and we'll be right back with John Murphy. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. Pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. That's got a ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound three six three six. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North deck systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. There's an old saying, 
Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Fasten your seatbelts. It's playoff time. The Bills and the Oilers ready to get it on in an AFC wild card game. Back to throw. He looks. He throws. Touchdown. Andre Reid for the touchdown. The Bills have scored. It is Bedlam. It is pandemonium. It is pandemonium. It is fantastic. Bills can win it here. Wright puts it down. The kick is on the way, and it is good. And the Bills have won it. The Bills have won it. That, of course, is the unmistakable voice of Van Miller. We are saddened this morning to hear of the passing of, of Van Miller, and we're pleased and privileged to have John Murphy join us to talk about the uh, the life of uh, Van Miller. John Murphy, of course, is now the voice of the Buffalo Bills and the host of the John Murphy Show weekdays on uh, 5.50 a.m. WGRZ in Buffalo. Good morning, John, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Show. Good morning, guys. Uh, I know it's a sad day for you. Uh, you certainly uh, spent a lot of time with Van Miller, and Van Miller, if I can describe him, 
would be uh, one adjective I would use for him would be the word beloved. He was certainly beloved to all 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 the people in Buffalo. He was also beloved to us Buffalo Bills fans in in uh, in Southern Ontario and Toronto. And I know you spent a lot of time with him. Um, your thoughts this morning, John? I know it's probably been a difficult weekend for you. Yeah, it has. Yeah, um, you know, I I, I visited Van in the. Uh, in the uh, hospital on or in the residence nursing home on Friday afternoon, and he died a couple hours later. And it was tough to see him the last uh, couple of weeks or so when, uh, you know, he just uh, was really slowing down. And um, I spent a lot of time with Van, as you said. I mean, we worked together in the Bills broadcast for 16 years. I, I've known him personally and, and pretty much been friends with him for about 30, almost 35 years. I, I grew up here in Western New York listening to Van. I mean, I grew up as a as a young guy listening to Niagara basketball games on the radio, and Van was the play-by-play guy, and they had the great All-American Calvin Murphy uh, uh, hitting 35-foot jump shots, and, and uh, that's when I kind of learned to appreciate Van, and of course heard him on Bill's broadcast all those years, and then had the privilege of working alongside of him for 16 years. So it was uh, it was a great ride. He was a great mentor for me, and a, and a very very good friend. John, what was his funniest your funniest moment with Van? Oh, I mean, <laughs> every moment with Van was pretty funny. Um, you know, he had a stock repertoire of jokes that he would tell, um, and a lot of them were teasing people that he had just met, and people just absolutely were tickled when, when Van would pay attention and, and tell stories. I'll tell you one story. <laughs> we were doing a game, this had to be late 1980s, in Cincinnati, Bills and Bengals, at like the old uh, Riverfront Stadium. And as was customary back in those days, the... Uh, the home team public relations staff would assign a spotter to the visiting radio. So somebody who knew the Bengals in this case and knew the names and numbers and could help the play-by-play guy along just kind of pointing to a chart like this guy made the tackle, uh, this guy made a good block. And so they assigned us a spotter, the Bengals did. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he came in with, uh, you know, not, he was probably uh, uh, 65 years old or so. He came in with big, dark sunglasses on. And uh, Van looked at him and said, uh, are you okay? Are you going to work with those sunglasses on? And the guy said, well, yeah, I just had this eye operation, and uh, I need to wear them. And he took off his sunglasses, and he had a patch over one eye. <laughs> and so Van, Van kind of freaked out a little bit and said, oh, my goodness. We, he pulled me and said, we've got a one-eyed spotter. And um, and so the game went along, and the guy really was struggling to, to identify names and numbers. And uh, we get to a commercial break, and Van said to the guy, are you okay? What's going on? And the, the guy said, well, yeah, I've got this one eye and I'm having trouble. Uh, I'm kind of seeing double. And Van said, well, uh, take, uh, you know, take the numbers and divide by two then. That's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Great story. Uh, but that's, you know, he was hilarious. I'm an off the air. He was hilarious. Yeah, we're talking to John Murphy, the uh, current voice of the Buffalo Bills, and we're celebrating this morning the life of uh, life and career of, uh, of Van Miller, the legendary uh, broadcaster in, in, uh, in Buffalo. Of course, uh, Van had just the most amazing career. Uh, He is identified with the Buffalo Bills, and John, I'm old enough. uh, I'm old enough to remember uh, Van Miller and the the Jack Kemp Buffalo Bills. Um, Certainly, the Bills had a run in the '60s and uh, uh, championship, and in the mid '60s, and Van was uh, was the was the voice of the Bill for over 35, almost 40 years, and. was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, the first broadcaster, the, what they call the first local broadcaster ever elected to the uh, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Certainly an incredible career, but he did so much. And, uh, 
Your recollections of his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Apparently, he he put on quite a show that day. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. He had just retired from play-by-play the the season before at the end of 2003, and on uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement weekend in Canton in August of 2004, they have. Uh, uh, he was presented with the Pete Rozelle Radio Television Award, which, uh, as you said, man was the first local broadcaster to win it. Previously, it had been uh, network announcers and television executives, etc. But Bam was the first local team broadcaster to win the award in 2004. I believe the Steelers uh, legend Myron Cope has won it since. There might be another one or two. But um, so Friday night, Canton Civic Center, six or seven thousand people, and it, it's a big event. If you've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, basically the entire town turns out. And the place was packed, and they give the awards. And on the dais were all the uh, Hall of Famers who were going to be enshrined the next day, including uh, Barry Sanders and John Elway. And Ben got his award and stood up at the podium in front of six or seven thousand people and did twenty minutes of the greatest stand-up comedy you ever heard in your life. <laughs> now I had heard many of the jokes before, but uh, his delivery was impeccable. His comic timing was always exquisite. But he was he was on that night, and the crowd was just roaring with laughter. I mean. Grown men were doubled over, you know, dabbing at their uh, eyes. They were laughing so hard they were crying and, you know, wiping their eyes with their napkins. And he was just fantastic. They talked about it for years. In fact, later that night, we went to an after party at one of the downtown Canton hotels, and I was standing there talking with Van, telling him what a good job he did. And separately, Elway, who was going to the Hall of Fame the next day, and Barry Sanders, the same thing, came up and told him, you were, you were unbelievable. You should be working in Vegas. You, you, you can sell that. And Actually, I know from a friend of mine, Joe Horrigan, who works at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that they actually thought about bringing Van in the next couple of years as sort of entertainment uh, for the Camp Pacific oh. Senate dinner. And I don't think that ever came to fruition, but that's how good he was. He was, he just, and again, I'd heard essentially every joke before, but uh, his, his delivery was just unbelievable, and he, he brought the house down that night. That's great to hear that side of him because not many people know that side of Man Miller. That's uh, very good to talk about that, John. John, Betty McKinney of Buffalo posted on our page, Van was our local hero in the world of broadcasting. So true, isn't it? Yeah, I would submit, and I know this is a time when typically there's a lot of hyperbole. I would submit Van was the greatest broadcaster in Buffalo history, broadcaster, not sports broadcaster. And his versatility is staggering when you look at the, the variety of things he did, um, even before he got to Buffalo, but especially in Buffalo. And he did the Bills for 37 years, and we talked about that. But he was the voice of the NBA Buffalo Braves for their entire eight-year existence. Uh, as I mentioned before, he did Niagara University basketball. He did University of Buffalo football and basketball. He did marathons. He did golf. He did bowling. He was uh, revered in the Buffalo bowling community for his work in bowling. He hosted a, a, a local bowling show, Beat the Champ, that was on the year. I used to watch that. that. I'm not old, too. That was Naz's <laughs> yeah. favorite show, John. Yeah, it was a heck of a show, and Van was great on that. He did a uh, high school quiz show. It's academic. Called. It's, it's academic. I used to he watch it all the time, show. John. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to get on, and I could never qualify. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's how, I mean, that's how versatile he was. He could basically do anything, I mean, and, and he did it well. He was, uh, again, as I said, I think he was the greatest broadcaster in Buffalo history, and certainly one of a kind. There haven't been anybody like him before, and I doubt we'll see anybody uh, his likes uh, again. Uh, John, we're, of course, talking to John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills and the host of the John Murphy Show uh, weekdays on WGRZ in Buffalo. Um Van Miller, you know, it's uh, you know, the other action I use for him, and we've talked about it in a general way, is iconic. And there's so many memories 
you know, we're 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 on a we're on a station in Toronto called Zoomer Radio, which appeals to a certain demographic, and there's certain memories that we uh, that we carry around with us. And I remember when Naz Naz, my co-host, texted me yesterday saying that Van Miller had passed. Sort of just, I just, I took a breath and I just paused for for a couple of seconds, and just a whole bunch of memories flooded. Uh, Flooded towards me, and you know, it's one of those, one of those guys you sort of grew. You feel like you grew up with him. Uh, I used to watch him on, you know, on WBN doing the sports cast. We talked about some of the other things that he did, and you know, we were we were privileged to have Rick Azar on the show uh, a while back. And certainly in Southern Ontario and in the Toronto area, um, you know, we had perhaps a little bit of a different perspective. But Van was just he almost felt like he was he was part of our daily routine. And it just yeah. I paused yesterday and just reflected back on so many incredibly great memories of uh, almost felt like I grew up with Van Miller and uh, and and I've read a lot of the obituaries uh, since then I've read a lot of the comments that people have posted online especially from people in Buffalo and it just got the sense that people people just love the man he just there was something appealing about him he seemed humble. Uh, he just seemed like almost like a man of the people. Am I getting him right, uh, John? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, I mean, he loved attention. There's no question about that. He loved uh, cracking people up. He loved cracking jokes, and uh, you know, wanted to you know wanted people to know that he was in the room. But it wasn't you know for self promotion purposes. He, I think, he just liked people. He liked interacting with people. He liked making them laugh, seeing them smile, uh, telling them stories, listening to their stories. I just had a flashback when you were talking about watching him on. Uh, on Channel 4 in Buffalo, and we didn't even cover that. And I, when I talked about how versatile he was, but he was obviously the, you know, everyday sportscaster on the CBS Philly in Buffalo. And uh, when the Sabres would play and the 11 o'clock sports and the Sabres would win a game, he, a band would, uh, he had a puck that he'd just bring out on the set with him. And at the end of the sportscast, he said he would just hold up the puck and said, hey, here's the game-winning puck. I have it right here. And, of course, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with the game that night. But, I mean, he just would come up with shtick like that. It would just make you giggle a little bit. He they would do a big presentation to the news anchor and here they wanted you to have the game winning puck or something. He was just, you know, naturally funny, uh, unforced uh, enthusiasm and energy. And yeah, I think people responded to that. And, and I do, I mean, I, you talked about, you feel like you grew up uh, watching him. I actually did grow up watching him and then had the privilege of working alongside him too. And we've been talking to John Murphy, uh, of course, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. We've been talking about uh, the life of Van Miller. And uh, one one last question, and uh, we, I f- wanted to feel the, the best way we could pay homage to uh, Van Miller this morning, and I thought the best way we could pay homage to Van Miller is uh, to finish off by asking about the current edition of the Buffalo Bills. I think Van would want us to move forward. And we've got to take the opportunity. And very quickly, uh, John, uh, how are the how are the bills shaping up? Well, pretty good. I mean, they have a pretty good collection of talent with a big hole at the quarterback spot. They they have some candidates, but they just don't know who's going to uh, sort out and be the be the opening day starter. Um, bills will go to training camp in uh, two weeks. Uh, the first practice two weeks from uh, Friday. And um, you know, Rex Ryan has said that they'll probably get a couple of games of the pre the four game preseason schedule before they determine a starter, but um, around the quarterback, they have a lot of talent. You know, uh, Shady McCoy at running back, along with Fred Jackson, Percy Harvin added to the wide receiving core, and last year's uh, number four defense overall could be even better in Rex Ryan's scheme. So I think they feel pretty confident uh, in the AFC East. You always have the Patriots sitting on top of the mountain, so that's the target, but uh, 
I think that the 15-year playoff drought uh, could be broken this year. Anyways, we've been talking to John uh, Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. John, uh, Naz and I are unabashed Buffalo Bills fans, and we always have been, so we're certainly looking forward to what we anticipate is going to be a fantastic season, and we look forward to hopefully talking to you again in the near future, and we certainly... uh, we certainly thank you so much for coming on the show. I know it's been a difficult time. Van Miller, of course, was a special person in your life, and uh, he was a special person to all football fans in uh, Buffalo and uh, in southern Ontario and Toronto, and it's certainly been a pleasure to talk to you about uh, the life of uh, Van Miller. Thanks so much and, for and taking John, the time. I ha- John, I have a feeling you're going to be calling the Super Bowl game next year. How's that? Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I'll definitely take that. Thanks, fellas. Thanks My so pleasure. much, John. Have a great day. That, of course, was John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills, and we've been talking uh, about Van Miller. Uh, Naz, any uh, any special memory of oh, Van was, Miller? That was very, very well done. I mean, we saw a side of Van Miller. I didn't know he was, he was such the comedian, but that's great. That's terrific. Yeah, certainly we, we had... Uh, a lot of fun listening to uh, listening to Van Miller's uh, Van Miller's calls, and uh, certainly uh, he did some great stuff on some in some other areas in basketball and bowling. Your uh, your favorite sport, now? Yeah, one of my favorite sports <laughs> as a kid. And uh, that that was certainly uh, certainly a lot of fun. We're uh, we're trying to tee up Rob Roxborough, the uh, executive director of the National Golf Club of Canada. We certainly want to talk about the Open Championship and the Canadian Open and uh, all things golf. Um, I believe we have Rob on the line. Rob, are you with us? I am. Good morning, Rob. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Who who can be bad on a Sunday morning watching the watching the Open Championship? Watching the Open Championship. Give us a give us a brief update. I'm on the air here. I, I just on my little research here uh, on my iPad in between segments here. I understand they're going low at the Open this morning. Everybody's rolling the rock. It seems uh, they got the golf course clearly set up a little bit easy, but uh, I think they're probably realizing a lot of guys haven't even played golf in about a day and a half so they're probably setting up so it feels a little bit comfortable but uh, everybody's a little bit low fowler's making a nice move the leaders have yet to tee off but uh the average score today probably is 500 par oh that's uh that's uh, certainly going to make things interesting of course the open championship will be closing up tomorrow they won't be finishing today and uh going to give you a proper introduction here rob you're the executive director of the national golf club of canada my favorite golf course in this country, although it oh, uh, it can it can be uh, it can be a challenge to play at times, and we'll <laughs> certainly get into that discussion. And of course, you're a frequent uh, frequent guest on Golf Talk Canada on TSN Radio, and you contribute your golf expertise uh, to the to the boys at uh, TSN on their Golf Talk uh, Canada show. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're, uh, of course, were uh, a, a, a pretty good golfer in your day, in your younger in your younger days, and uh, have now advanced to uh, become the executive director of the National Golf Club of Canada. Tell us what you're doing up there and the challenges you're facing. Well, thank you very much for all that introduction. And um, I, I was not a bad golfer years ago, and and the. Yeah, I, I used to be the pride of Jacksonville State University until Danny Willett, who you may know now who's on the leaderboard, uh, graduated after me. But um, up, at, um, up at the National, I've started uh, just two months ago on, uh, on May 1st and really enjoying my time there. What a club. Um, I've had a great opportunity to work at uh, three terrific golf courses. I, I've started up and worked at Magna Golf Club up in Aurora for 13 years and moved over to Hamilton Golf and Country Club in Ancaster. After that... Uh, 
when the national calls, you take the call. And uh, I was very fortunate to uh, to go from uh, from an, uh, an amazing club to uh, to the best golf club in the country, as you introduced. So uh, I appreciate that. And you know, really, the challenges facing are are just to uh, continue to to work to be the best. I mean, the golf club's mission statement is to be the best golf club in the country. And when you work with that sort of an, an ideal, uh, you understand kind of what's expected, and it's easy to make decisions and easy to kind of understand, you know, what to do, when to do it. And uh, and right now, the the challenges are few, which is which is fantastic. The state of the game, Rob, is that. Um Golf uh, participation is declining. How do we get that back, those numbers back? You know what, that, that's the question that's perplexed um, every person in the game for a while. It seems as though uh, maybe 10 years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> maybe 10 years ago, uh, there seemed to be a, a sharp decline in golf. and You can call it the Tiger hangover, or you can call it a number of things. I think it really just became... Um, time-consuming. I think that's really what people see. And until they can figure out a way to make golf faster, and I mean the time, I mean to make it easier for some. Um, but overall, I think it's, it's you know, the, 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 the time portion of it seems to be the biggest perplexing portion of it. And to be able to dedicate four or five hours in your day, including travel to and from the club, seems to be what is difficult for most. I don't know how you beat time, but in, in terms of uh, actual participation, I think it, I think golf you're going to see on the upswing soon. And the reason why is because you're going to see concussion-related sports from junior and younger youth participation start to decline. You're going to see games where hockey, football, things like that, where you know, the repercussions of it later on in life are coming back to, to unfortunately, you know, uh, find people with challenges. You're now going to see... The, the games like tennis and country club, <clears throat> excuse me, so to speak, sports, kind of reinvigorated. And I think you're going to see golf become part of the sport curriculum in, in, in schools again very soon, where maybe that's been not necessarily championed over the last uh, 10, 12 years. So I think number two things, number one is figure out a way to make golf more time-friendly. Maybe... If I was to build a golf course today, I would make it three sixes where you play six holes and the sixth hole green would come back to the clubhouse. The 12th green will come back to the clubhouse and the 18th green will come back to the clubhouse. And if we could figure out a way to start designing golf courses like that, that would be great. And then second of all would be youth participation in the sport uh, going forward, being uh, championed by, by education, uh, being championed by individuals to make it you know, affordable and uh, I think that that's probably going to be two quick ways to uh, to turn golf around. We're talking to Rob Roxborough, the executive director of the National Golf Club of Canada, of course, which is situated in Woodbridge, Ontario, and has consistently ranked as the uh, as the uh, best golf course in Canada. And uh, played it a few times. Played it quite a few other golf courses in the world. I always thought that the National Golf Club of Canada. If it's not the best course I've ever played, it's it's certainly uh, certainly up at the top. What makes the National Golf Club of Canada such a fantastic golf course, Rob? And uh, are we ever going to see a PGA Tour event there? You know, it's funny. You, the, the National is one of those clubs, when you play it, you could see them putting a, a U.S. Open, if you will, there in a week. It's just got that sort of a flavor to it. It's a total examination of your game. You hit every club in the bag. Um 
usually lots of drivers and lots of long irons uh, and lots of putts. It seems to be it. But uh, you know what? It is truly the greatest. You have to drive the ball well at the National. Then the second shot doesn't get easier. And then you go with the diabolical greens. You know, but the funny part is, is, you know, we had a couple of Raiders up from Florida the other day, and the one gentleman said, you know, with the club's reputation of being so difficult at the National, I, I thought I was going to see more, more swinging logs and windmill, windmills <laughs> and clowns' mouths, if you will. These ought to be tricked up. And, I, and he said, you know what, I walked off of there saying that was maybe the best test of my golf game I could ever have had. And I said, you know what, then I, that is the greatest compliment to this course in the club. And, and I said, and I'll pass that forward. Uh, but you know what? It really is. It's, uh, it's such a fun place to play. And I, I find the, the members' demeanor to be those of slightly masochistic, uh, but at the same time with a smile on their face. It's unbelievable. Um, and you know what? <clears throat> Sorry. With, with you know, the, the idea of hosting an event, uh, because it is an all-bail membership, uh, that poses some challenges to, to being able to be championed or sponsored by or endorsed by the PGA Tour to host. Uh, they're not necessarily for a club that doesn't necessarily allow every single person to be a member. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having clubs like that. It's just that this is this golf course that happens to be an all-bound membership. It's very female-friendly. Ladies are, are welcome to be guests. We have a wonderful you know, experience for them, ladies' locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same point in time, it's, uh, it, it's, it's fraught with those challenges. Could it be? 100%. Would the PGA Tour love to have an event there? They're probably on bended knee to show off the best golf course Canada has to offer, uh, the best players in the world. So, you know, maybe down the road, but I think the, the club's philosophy and ideals have to move uh, in, a, in a slightly different direction in order to allow that to happen. We're talking to Rob Broxborough, the executive director of the National Golf Club of Canada, talking about the potential of a PGA Tour event at the National Golf Club of Canada. And I'd, I'd certainly love to see it. I remember the Skins game in 95. I was standing about 20 feet from Nick Faldo when he holed it out on oh, the 7th right hole. Oh, on, on 7th, sure. They used to have a plaque there, but I think the plaque disappeared. I'm old enough to remember that Lee Trevino has the course record there at the CPGA in 1977, if I'm not mistaken. So I, wow, good memory on you. I, and, what, what was, and what was the score? Do you remember that? 67. Well done. Anyways, I'd love, I love, love to see the PGA Tour pros take on the national, and I know this is Canadian Open Week, and I, my guess is some of the PGA Tour pros are going to swing, swing into the national and, uh, and, have, and have a couple of, uh, couple of, ra- a couple of rounds there to see, see the course. But it is Canadian Open Week, Rob, and there's going to be one glaring omission this week. read about it the other day, and I know that you're good friends with Mike Weir. Uh, and have been good friends with Mike Weir for for a while, but Mike is not playing in the Canadian Open there, and I'm certainly saddened to hear that. Um, as best as you can, tell us what's going on with Mike Weir and uh, and uh, and what's going on with his golf game. Well, you know what I think. Uh, you know, Weirzy is. Uh, we've been friends since we were kids, and uh, you know, <clears throat> with his arm injury, one of the one of the most untold stories is what he's been through in the last number of years. And that story is arm surgery, a reconstruction of his right arm. He actually originally injured, the, injured his arm hitting a punch shot out from underneath the tree in, at uh, Hilton Head uh, some probably uh, seven years ago now. And uh, tore tendons in his arm, had to have his arm reconstructed uh, around the elbow. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a, you know, a time fraught with, fraught with difficulty for Mike. 
He's not a person to, you know, lay on the negative and he says, you know, I'll overcome this and I'll, I'm, I'll do better and, and I can overcome and I can, I can be stronger than that. And, you know, something, it's, it's a shame. Uh, he's really physically really found that he's, he, his arms got numb, uh, a little bit weak of late. And that's really the problem. And he doesn't want to come up here and in front of his own country and, and embarrass himself. And, with with the arm, he isn't able really to practice, and that's really the biggest part. He really pretty much goes to the first tee, and whoever shows up that day is the golfer he plays with. And we all, all the, all of us who put the tee in the ground understand that. And uh, so, anyways, he's 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 torn, and uh, I feel bad for him. Actually, he's a good friend, one of my best friends, and and uh, you know what? To, to know the work he puts into to trying to get better, uh, he's he's trying to be on the way. He's trying to, uh, to to get back to where he was. I think right now I probably see this game starting to shape up a little bit more uh, for preparing for the senior tour, kind of making another resurgence when he's 50. But I think he still knows he has game left in him. His heart's still into it. Uh, but overall, it's going to be a glaring omission. You're right. And I talked to him the other day, and of the players, he was actually one of the guys. He was going to come up and practice uh, at the National and spend time with me on Monday and Tuesday of the of the coming week. And, and uh, when he called me last week to say, you know what, it's probably not going to happen, uh, I, I really felt for him. I could hear it in his voice that he was really kind of shaken up by not being able to play. Yeah, that is sad that uh, Mike won't be playing this week. Uh, Glen Abbey has a golf course. Uh, they've been at Glen Abbey a few years now. I guess this is the second or third year in a row. Now, do you believe that they should move those around in Canada, or do you think Glen Abbey should be the, the course for the Canadian Open? You know, that's a great question. Um, if you ask Golf Canada, uh, they have two mandates. Number one is it's a national championship, and they see that it should showcase the best golf courses the country has to offer. Um, but if you ask them as a business, they probably say, we'd like it to be at one spot. You can build infrastructure, parking, things that accommodate in the venue that make it better, more user-friendly, more, more, more fan-friendly. Um, it's a bit of a, 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 bit of a, of a, of a double-edged sword. I'd say overall, I think that uh, all the great tournaments, if you look back at them, are at one location except for the national championships. I think the country deserves to be showcased. I think we have so much great golf from the from the all the way in the East Coast, all the way to to, to the to Vancouver. Um, and I think it should be moved around, but I think there should be a spot where there's a rotation in and around the GTA that is three of every five years, and the other two do move. And then that way there's a home base. And players can also pick their venues as well. And that's a big part of this, too. Uh, but to get the best field with the date that we have the week after the British Open uh, is slightly difficult. So picking your best, picking your best location, um, not all those guys want to fly from all the way from, from the Open Championship, not just to Toronto, but three more hours of time zone, five more hours in a plane to get to Vancouver uh, right after that. So it, you, you're, you're, you're fraught with some difficulty. That's why I think a rotation in and around the GTA would be great for the majority of years and, uh, and build some infrastructure around that and still showcase Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary. The east coast of Canada has some fantastic golf courses. So I think as a national championship, it should be spread, but I think that they do need a frequency-matched home base. Anyways, we've been talking to Rob uh, Roxburgh, the executive director of the National Golf Club of Canada, of course, the National Golf Club of Canada, in many people's opinion, including my own, the uh, the greatest golf course in Canada, and it has been for a while. Well, thank you, Walter. Rob, you can also hear you every now and then on Golf Talk Canada on TSN, and uh, certainly you uh, 
We'll give your golf knowledge to listeners on TSN, and we thank you for giving your golf knowledge to listeners on the Nazawali Sports Hour this morning. Uh, unfortunately, Rob, uh, we've got to let you go. I've, I've probably scratched the surface of what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to leave it at this. Rob, you're going to have to come back and join us. Uh, I've, got, I've got some questions already prepared for our next interview. There's nothing I'd like more, and thank you very much for having me, and enjoy the Open Championship. And from a Jack State boy, go Danny Willett. Thanks so much, and thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic day. Cheers. Cheers. That, of course, was Rob Roxborough and uh, talking to us about, uh, sorry uh, to hear that news about Mike Weir, uh, seems to be struggling with injuries still yeah, and uh, uh, just does, not going to It's not tough gonna to watch, you know, because yeah. Mike is, uh, he was Canada, Golf Canada. He was Golf he was Canada it. for he was the it. longest period of time. Still is it. They haven't, that torch hasn't been passed yet because Delat and Hearn haven't really taken what Mike Weir did. You make very good points there, Naz, uh, in terms of... Uh, you know, I, I did, I'd never thought about it until this moment, until you mentioned it. I think, you, I think you're 100% right. Uh, that torch still hasn't been passed yet from Mike Weir. I thought Dillette was going to grab it. Yeah, so did I, but it hasn't uh, But he hasn't been able to take, you know, he's, 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 you know he, had, he had a fantastic uh, uh, President's Cup uh, tournament a few years back. He was, he was one, of the, one of the most important guys on the internationals. Gary Player loved him, um, but it doesn't seem to have made that – Big breakthrough on the PGA Tour. Mike Weir, of course, won I think eight, eight times, eight times, and a, ma- and and a, a major Masters, championship right. winner. Uh, so, so he's certainly missed. And, and aside from all of that, from what I've read, never met Mike Weir, but I understand he's like an incredible, an immensely likable individual. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's sad that uh, you know he's not there this this week. And we hope. We hope he gets through his injury struggles, and we hope uh, he finds uh, some more success in his career because uh, certainly he's he's given so much to Canadian golf and uh, some in great moments watching Mike Weir win uh, win some tournaments and uh, do fantastic at the, at the Presidents Cup at Royal Montreal when he stared down Tiger uh, Tiger Woods uh, in the last match that particular time. So we're certainly going to miss you, Mike, and we hope uh, you hope we get you back on the tour and successful as soon as possible. Uh, uh, it's time for our break. We'll be right back after the break with Sean Clement and our special new Sean Clement promotion. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636, and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North deck systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. 
the best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steels Paint, 4190 Steels Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's time for Sean Clement. Sean Clement, of course, is our golf go-to guy. Uh, Sean's got an interesting promotion, a fantastic promotion he's going to make available. Uh, Sean Clement, you can find him at www.wisdomandgolf.com. You can find him on his YouTube channel, some fantastic material there. Almost 25 million hits, uh, and according to swingman.com, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, swingmangolf.com, Sean Clement is ranked in the top 10 worldwide of teaching professionals. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, guys. How, how are you this morning? I'm fantastic. I just had my golf fix at my local driving range and uh, ready to take on the day. Anyways, uh, Sean, we've got a fantastic promotion we're introducing on the show this morning. Uh, we can Listeners can win a free golf lesson with, uh, with the legendary pro Sean Clement. All they have to do is go to the nazandwally.ca website. I'll give that to you again, nazandwally.ca website. 
website. You can click there, enter your information. We're going to put all names in a draw, and we're going to be drawing out three lucky listeners who are going to win a free golf lesson with you, Sean. And if you're listening and you want to improve your golf game, get your iPad out, get your computer out, get your iPhone out, your Android, whatever you, whatever you have. Go to nasandwally.ca. It pops up right on the screen. Click here to enter. Just enter a couple, of li- couple, a little bit of information about yourself, and you've got a good chance of winning a free golf lesson with one of the one of the great golf instructors in the world, Sean Clement. Sean, tell us a little bit about uh, about your promotion and uh, what uh, what listeners can expect if they win a free golf lesson with you. Well, that's um, you know we're 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 giving them not just a half hour lesson too. We're going to give them a full hour. So, you know, we we understand. You know, as as far as wisdom in golf is concerned, we understand how we're wired as human beings on this planet. And if you can't be two places at once, you know, we want to send a golf ball to a target. And we're looking down at a golf ball. And if we don't see the target where we want to send it, a lot of bad stuff is going to happen. The stuff that, you know, you want to avoid. And we hear all the nightmare scenarios like uh over the top and chicken wing and, you know, topping the shots and pulling the shots and sticking it in the ground and all that stuff. Well, all those things happen when you're not focused on the proper thing. And when you're focused on where you want to send the ball, the brain starts to reformulate a different equation. So what we're going to do is get you to focus in the proper direction, focus the proper way, and then we're going to see what short circuits are preventing you from getting there. Is it your grip? You know, do we have to fine-tune that grip? Do we have to fine-tune that arm motion of yours so that you can sling better to the target? And then we're going to see, and you're really going to see how the majority of the swing actually falls into place when you're focused on the target and swinging through to the target. Your weight shift gets amazing, and, and your, the way that your body clears the target and if your body clears properly, then the chicken wings and the collapsed arms, they all go away. Of course, we're talking so it's really to... magical. We're talking to Sean Clement. Sean Clement uh, uh, re- recently ranked in the top 10 worldwide uh, golf, and, golf teaching professionals, according to swingmangolf.com. And Sean, you're, uh, you're one of the Internet's great golf teachers. You've posted some remarkable material on your YouTube channel, Professionally Prepared. I've always encouraged listeners to go to that site if they want to improve their game. And uh, we've got a special promotion. Once again, you want a one-hour lesson with Sean Clement? Very simple. Go to nasandwally.ca, fill in the information. you got a good shot of winning a one-hour lesson with Sean. Sean is located at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at Bathurst and Highway 7. I just want to impress upon listeners that this contest is not just for beginners. Uh, if you're a mid-handicapper or a low-handicapper, uh, Sean, uh, Sean will fine-tune your game. Uh, Naz? Absolutely. Naz, you, you, you got that you-need-your-game fine-tuned look on oh, you this no morning. No kidding, no kidding. I I, I'm not as good as a golfer as I used to be, that's for sure. But, Sean, when, when, what is the most difficulty a person has when they come into you? What do they want you to work on with them when they come to you for the first time? What's the most? Uh, well, for, for, yeah. for the average player, they're always looking for more consistency. And consistency comes from consistent focus. Uh, contrary to popular belief, that there is no such thing as the perfect position in the golf swing. 
You know, they, 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 they have these amazing scientific bodies have come out with, like Gabrielle Wolf from the University of Las Vegas. She did these awesome studies on how we learn motor skills. And when one of these studies, they, they, they put the brain under a PET scan to see what parts of the brain would light up when you're performing a specific task. And one of the tasks they used was a putt. So they had a, a professional and an amateur do a short putt over and over again, and they observed their brain scans. And although they were very similar one from the next, not one of them was identical one to the next, which means our brain is, is designed to adapt. So what's your best chance? Well, you got to focus out on your target, and you got to deliver to the target, and the gold is in the observation that you do after the fact. So, you know, did you stay with the target? Did you feel a whipping action out there, or did you, did you kind of steer it or shove it out there? You know, there are different cues that we use to get the student to become aware of their action to the target. And without awareness, you cannot improve. So we get their focus consistent, and then we make them aware of the differences of between the good swings that they're performing and the not-so-good swings that they're performing. And the gold is in both of those, okay? So stop getting down on yourself when you make a bad shot. Don't judge. Just observe. It's fantastic stuff. Anyways, we're talking to Sean Clement. Uh, Sean Clement, uh, you can find him at wisdomingolf.com. Sean Clement on YouTube. And you can get in and see him personally at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at Bathurst and Highway 7. And even yep. better, you go online now, nasandwally.ca, click to enter. You can win a free one-hour lesson with Sean Clement. We'll be, uh, we'll be going through all of, the, uh, all of the listeners. We'll be putting all the names in a hat. We'll be drawing it out drawing them out on future shows. I highly encourage you. It's an incredible opportunity to get a free one-hour lesson with one of the world's great golf instructors. As uh, they used to say on WWE Wrestling or WWF, don't you dare miss it. Yeah. This is an incredible <laughs> opportunity. Uh, go on there. Sean, listen, we, we really want to thank you for making this opportunity available to our listeners. We you really bet. want to thank you for sharing your golf expertise with us. Uh, and uh, and I was in to see you for a little tune-up yesterday, and uh, thanks so much. I think you you may have turned my game around for the rest of the rest of the season, and we'll certainly be talking with you on upcoming Sundays. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a great day. Same to you. That, see you, Sean. That of course was Sean Klein. We've got a few minutes left. We've got time for a couple of quick calls. If you want to give us a call, we'll throw out the numbers: four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six. Seven four zero four seven four zero. I'll give you those numbers again. We've got time for a quick call. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We have a caller on the line. Uh, welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. How are you this morning, sir? Hello? Is the caller there? No, we got some technical difficulties. Uh, Hello? Mike, Mike, how yeah. are you this morning? Fine, thanks, Wally. How are you? We're doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. We've got a couple of quick minutes, Mike, so we'd love to have your question. You've got to make it quick. Well, I'm just going to comment. I'm sorry to hear about Mr. Miller, Van Miller. Um, I, I was in Buffalo, uh, Norchard Park, on uh, September 2nd, 1979. It was my first trip to, or, to watch a Bills game. Uh, they were entertaining the Dolphins that day. And uh, the Dolphins had an incredible streak going. They hadn't lost to Buffalo in a decade. So what happened was... Uh, it was uh, 
Uva Von Shaman coming out of Oklahoma. Uva Von Shaman. <laughs> what a name from the past that one is. Yeah, he basically was attempting his first ever uh, field goal from scrimmage and uh, was blocked to return the length of the field by a bill <laughs> for the touchdown. And the, roar, the roar was definitely deafening. You couldn't hear yourself think. And basically the uh, Dolphins uh, had Larry Zonka coming back into the fold after several years away from Shula's camp. And uh, um, the, the Miami, Miami's lone touchdown came on a one-yard plunge uh, from short yards uh, into a drenched end zone. It was a, like a torrential downpour that day. It was raining. Like I never, I never saw rain like that in my life. It was a big 80,000-seat facility in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that was One Bills so- drive, and Van Miller was on the radio. And we, I'll get to that in a sec. I'm just trying to make this quick. Like we, uh, Tom Dempsey came on to attempt a last second, a last uh, half minute field goal. Uh, in the dying seconds, he was attempting a a, 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 score, a field goal that would have won the game for Buffalo to end the drought. And and um, basically, uh, Van Miller, we got we we came out of the stadium in, into a parking lot full of water. About one or two feet of water, and and uh, got to the car, and that's when I heard Dempsey's footsteps and Miller's voice on the radio. He was saying that it basically it's all up to Dempsey with uh, 34 seconds left or something, and essentially uh, he, he the ball was spotted and Tom Dempsey slipped. You know, he was the holder of the longest ever field goal in NFL history. 63 yards. 63. Yeah. New Orleans Saints. Yeah, yeah Shy Park, I believe. I don't know. If the, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are playing New Orleans. But that's right. What happened there was uh, Walt, Naz and Wally, they, they basically uh, came up a bit short, and Miami held on for a 9-7 win. Anyways, Mike, we've got to run. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks very much for calling us and sharing your, uh, sharing your Buffalo Bills and Van, uh, Van Miller memories. Have a fantastic day, Mike. You too. Thank you very much. That, of course, uh, uh, Mike, a uh, uh, loyal listener of ours. Buffalo Bills, Naz, we've got, we've got a minute left. Uh, I know you're a huge Bills fan. You've got a Buffalo Bills sticker on your truck. Where where the what what where are the bills going this year and how I much tell of, you, they were gonna, how much of a difference is Rex Super Ryan? Bowl. John Murphy is going to be calling the Super Bowl. I think this the year bills in San Francisco and it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. And who's going to be their quarterback e. on Super Bowl Manuel. Sunday? EJ Manuel is going to be their quarterback on Super Bowl Sunday. Absolutely. And do you, I think I honestly think they uh, they stunted his development last year. Marone Manuel was better than people thought. People think, and EJ Manuel will be the quarterback this year. And uh, where's where where are we going to see the improvement in EJ Manuel? What uh, is it going to be? Uh, his physical talent? Well, it's a, Rex a, Ryan's going to do something year, with him. He, What's going to happen? He's a year older, and he'll uh, Rex Ryan will be, be fine with him. It'll be EJ Manuel. He has the most talent out of any of those quarterbacks. Well, certainly, the it's Bills not going to be Matt Castle. That's for sure. Well, hopefully not. Certainly, the Bills have a world class defense. Uh, they proved it last year, and they've got they've got some talent. They've got some guys who can run the ball. They've got some exciting receivers. It's going to be, the, I think, the most exciting season in Buffalo Bills uh, probably in the last 10, 15 years. I think in the last 20 years. Maybe in the last, since since the Super Bowl era of the the early 90s. Certainly look forward to that. We've got a few seconds left. Just a shout-out to all the Western Rangers who are celebrating their 36th anniversary golf tournament this Saturday at Copper Creek. I know you're uh, you're an alumni of that great team, and you'll be there, so we're certainly looking forward to hooking up with uh, with everybody. And... uh, we're want to say want to say one thing uh, before we leave, Jonathan Adams. We love you, buddy. Have a great week. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at nine on Zoomer Radio.
the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.